0: Five. So hello, welcome to another socially distant episode of Goalposts for Jumpers. I'm joined here with Alex. Alex, how's it going, mate? Hi,
1: Gareth. Uh, it's going great.
0: What I'm going to put you on the spot here because obviously Perfect. we're all incredibly busy right now. Yeah. Tell me everything you've done today.
1: Okay, so I woke up. I went to have a shower, decided not to have a shower. I then played a round of golf with Brandon. Um, like a real round of golf.
0: Can you stipulate what you actually mean it by that? It was a that?
1: GTA round of golf. We, exactly. we played golf every morning uh, on GTA. And then we played a bit of Fortnite. Then I did some gym, some food. And then I watched some Amazon Prime. Are you bored yet?
0: Honest to God, I'm genuinely really proud of you. That's a, that is a lot of very... Good stuff. Like a structured day. Considering the other day you slept from three o'clock till nine o'clock at night, wasn't it?
1: The hardest thing at the moment is to try and keep a routine in your life, and that's what I'm trying to aim towards. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I actually worked out today for the
0: first time in four weeks.
1: I I can, I can tell.
0: Yeah, lost
1: away. Pure lies on the podcast, is it these days? (laughs) (laughs) Did you work out as well, (laughs) Bram? Yeah. Can you not tell? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, Your we're actually we're recording on Skype video right now, and all that I can describe after shaving my head because obviously there are no hairdressers. Do you remember that picture of Wayne Rooney after he had a hair transplant?
1: Yes, that's, that's what, it looks what like. I look like. It actually looks just like a very successful hair transplant.
0: <laughs> well, at least it's a very successful one. Okay, I'm gonna kick things off first before we get into the Gavin Ray interview with a quick "Would you rather." for Alex Alex would you rather stay in isolation for another 2 months but have no internet connection in your house or on your phone or lockdown is lifted right now and the world goes back to normal but every day for the rest of the year you have to tidy your house for a morning house inspection every single day with nothing but a cabbage as a cleaning utensil can
1: i change the cabbage each day cuz
0: yeah, yeah, just fine.
1: That's fine. So I get a fresh cabbage each day. To
0: yeah, I'll give you a fresh cabbage every day.
1: Yeah, uh, don't know football podcast. Um, don't know. I'll go with the cabbage one.
0: So you're a man of the people. Alex will lift the lockdown and cure the nation. Yeah, well done, mate. I'm really proud of you. Okay, so up next is the Gavin Ray interview. Enjoy. Robertson back there. Gavin Ray, what a superb
2: strike! Oh here.
0: The former Scotland international, Gavin Ray, joins us today. Gavin amassed nearly 500 senior appearances over two decades in football for clubs such as Glasgow Rangers, Dundee, Cardiff City and more recently, Hakoa Sydney City East before retiring in 2018. Gavin, how's it going, mate? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No problem, mate, no problem. So as mentioned, you retired nearly two years ago now. How has it been adjusting to life outside of
2: football? Um... It's been difficult. You know, certainly it's not easy. Um, you know, I retired full time playing as a professional about five years ago. So then I went semi pro, so like training twice a week and playing at the weekend. So I've had like a gradual, um, you know, move away from playing football. Um, I still play football on a Friday night with like my mates down the park, the over 35 <laughs> league, um, just, just to you know, you keep in with the team and try to keep fit. You know, and I always play football, so that's been good as well. Still to have the the good dressing room and the good banter with the boys, but um yeah, obviously you miss miss full time football. Was obviously I've done it for nearly twenty years. It was amazing. Definitely. So you're now the manager
0: director of Tiger, is it? Is that how you pronounce it?
2: Yeah, Tiger. Yeah, it's a French Tiga. company, so the H is a little bit silent. So yeah, Tiger. Right, but, and
0: that's a product manager and design consultation company, and you're also a director of sports careers, which specialises in helping candidates. Candidates further their careers in sport. So your wife is Australian and you've mentioned in interviews in the past that moving to Australia was inevitable. But was this kind of career a path that you saw for yourself whilst playing football or was it something you found yourself having to do due to a new life down under?
2: Yeah, no, I totally. You know, we always knew we were going to return to Australia once I finished playing professionally. So I played... The last game of my career professionally in May 2014, and we moved in September 2014. Um, it was always a plan. We moved. We built. We sort of bought a house in in Sydney 2007, just before I signed for Cardiff. Actually, just after leaving Rangers, just before signing for Cardiff, and I'd been coming to Australia since 2002 when I met my wife. So it was always a plan to come back uh, and raise the kids here. Um, so it's kind of different because if. I'd stayed in the UK. Um, I'd probably went down the the same route as probably everyone else. You know, I've got my coaching licenses and I would have tried to get into football and continue being involved in football in a semi-pro or professional uh, level. Um, And I feel I could have done that, but I knew that when we emigrated that that wasn't going to be an option. Um, There's way less roles in Australia. It's way more spread out Mm. and there's not many full-time roles. So, I sort of knew that it was going to have to be a different uh, different career. Um, and that was it was difficult to get used to and just accept that to start with. But because I had sport careers, I've always had in my mind that, you know, you've got to be open-minded and it's not going to last forever and you need to look at other options. Um, so always being open-minded has definitely helped. But, you know, I certainly didn't think I'd be where I am just now and in, in doing what I do, but I absolutely love what I do. And I think that's the key thing. You've got to find something that you really, really enjoy doing. Um, and luckily, I've, I've found that. You went from
0: a career, obviously, where you're playing in front of tens of thousands of people. You know, there they probably isn't a buzz quite like it in life. How did you, you know, going into your career now, how do you try and find that buzz?
2: Yeah, it's it's certainly different. It's That's something, you know, you'll miss. Um so when I first started in my career over here, so I'd started in technology and recruitment, you know, I've always had a keen um, eye for technology, love tech. And I went for a couple of interviews about two months after we arrived here. And the guy who was my first boss, he sort of recognized there's a lot of transferable skills from football and sports people in recruitment and not just in recruitment, in any walk of life, in any business, I suppose, you know. Competitiveness, tenaciousness, you know, your professional, your attitude towards working. So I um he gave me a chance and you know, I thank him for it and we're still mates to this day. And um it was tough for sure. Um but the with the recruitment, when you're placing candidates into roles, so you're helping them with their career, you do get a buzz. And that's you know, it doesn't replicate playing football, nowhere nowhere near it. It never nothing will, but you still get a buzz from trying to help people in their career. So there's things you've got to sort of adapt and find the buzz in something else, and you know, luckily, I, I, I found it with recruitment to start with, and and then now what I'm doing.
0: Awesome. So obviously, the world is a bit, you know, mental. Things are being turned upside down um, with the COVID pandemic. How has that impacted you yourself with with your work?
2: Yeah, we've we've had a little bit tough as well, um, because so we employ people full time and then contract them out to clients. So as contractors at clients, you know, contractors are normally the first sort of people to get cut. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was was no different for us. You know, we lost a few of our good clients and assignments. Um, I had to let a couple of people go, which is never easy. Um, But just to be sustainable, we sort of had to. Um, I think with the industry that we're in, in tech and digital, um, a lot of it can be done, you know, online, at home. You know, the, the whole... Lots of our clients who have got like 1,000, 2,000 people in their workforce switch to working from home within a day. And it's not manual labor, you know. So it's luckily we can still sort of do what we do remotely. Um, So that's been been one good part of it. Um, But, yeah, certainly difficult and certainly strange times and and getting used to it is very difficult.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Gavin, I just wanted to kind of go right back to the start of your career. Um, Yeah your first club was Dundee. Yep. When you played there obviously there was a bit of financial difficulty. You ended up moving to Rangers from there. Um fee was a, I've read 250,000 pounds that back, right? Yeah, I think that's about right, yeah. Yeah. Um when you moved, did you feel like that was helping the club? Uh, did you move for your own personal reasons? Um, how did that kind of manifest itself?
2: Yeah, good question. I mean it's it's all it's all of them things. Um so about Four months, so October. I moved in the January, and in October the club that I was at, obviously Dundee, had went in, in administration. There uh, was a lot of financial difficulty, and a lot of my friends uh, lost their jobs uh, quite quickly, which was horrible. Including my brother-in-law and like mates I'd been through the YTS with for about ten years, so that was difficult. But at that time, I was playing for Scotland. I was playing every week Premiership in Scotland. Um, and I'd been getting interest from a few clubs so I was obviously kept on as as an asset um, so I, it worked out perfect that the club got money for me and then I was able to move to a big club and, and and really try and further my career so it worked in terms of the actual transfer it worked for everyone at that point yeah, um, yeah. and it was just good timing
1: When you first started with Rangers you made your debut against Celtic in an old firm derby I mean how does that kind of how does that feel? I mean, it's one thing to make your debut. I can imagine it's intense, but that would be a different level. I'm assuming.
2: Yeah, it was. It was. It was difficult. Strange. Uh, I'd signed on the the first of January, and the game was the third, so I'd only had one session on the second with the team, and then we yeah. were straight into an old firm derby. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was interesting. Um, <laughs> sort of. Um, you know, games like that, like the the, the magnitude of that game was just. It's unreal. It's off the, off the charts. You know, it's one of the biggest games in the world, and to get thrust into it was uh, was exciting. I was looking forward to the game, but then I pulled my hamstring after about twenty twenty five minutes, thirty minutes, and that was sort of a symbolic sort of uh, injury, and it sort of summed up my whole time at Rangers. You know, I didn't get off to a good a good start. First game, um, pulled hamstring, lost the game and then it just i just didn't, never really got kicked off at all really which was disappointing
1: yeah with with the injuries obviously a lot of players go through difficult patches with injuries i mean you you had that yourself how mm-hmm. do you hand, how did you handle that and kind of would you give any advice to anyone or any players now playing who have similar sort of experiences struggle with injuries kind of that how you keep yourself going
2: yeah you've got to be like really mentally tough you know um i had played for about 10 years from when I started at Dundee until when I left and signed for Rangers with barely any injuries, like nothing. Maybe I'd tweaked my ankle ligaments. I'd had like a hamstring now and again, but nothing major. So I'd never really had to deal with injuries. And then I went from that to Rangers where I missed two full seasons. Um, so I was like out for two years, calendar years, with injuries, with two different knee injuries and hamstring. So that was tough, um, especially when... You go to a club like Rangers and you're obviously wanting to make a mark, a beautiful training ground, and all I was doing was basically in the gym every day with the physios, seeing the boys, watching the boys training on this beautiful training ground, and just not really getting to enjoy the transfer as much as what I would have liked to. Um, and you've got to be super mentally tough. It was really tough at the time. I had really good physios around me, had good support. You need good support around you. But you've got to you've got to do it yourself, and you've got to knuckle down and and just keep going. And it's, it's tough. There's tough days. There's days when you just think, you know, am I ever going to get back? And this is just so boring, just doing the same stuff every day. But yeah. you've got to keep going to just keep getting through that and be um, be just like continuously mentally strong. And it is tough. It's tough at times. And within that time, in two years, I think the club had signed about. Five other centre midfielders, you know. So I'm seeing all these centre midfielders coming through the door, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, it's going to be so tough to get back in. But that's the kind of club it is. It's a huge club with, you know, massive ambition. So it was tough. It was a tough bit. You learn and you move on. You probably got a lot of respect from your
1: fellow players, though, the way you handled that. Because obviously, you were, for a
2: brief moment, you were made captain, weren't you? I was, yeah. 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 So when I came back, um, there was a change of manager. And then a few things went on with the existing captain, Barry. Uh, Barry Ferguson was the captain at the time. They'd sort of fell out out with the manager. And uh, I got to be captain for a few games, which was amazing. Um, but I've always been like a hardworking, good pro. You know, that I like, I recognize that within myself. I'm a good professional. I love being a pro. I love, you know, I dedicate myself to the craft of being a professional footballer because I knew I had to. I'm not like one of these players that's got. You know, mountains of skill and, you know, natural ability. Everything I've got, I've worked for. So I always knew I had, I had to knuckle down and work, and that was that was the basis of my game and what, what made my career, you know. So I always had that, and I was always a good professional. Never really fell out with my, many managers. Had had words with managers, had words with players, but nothing nothing major. Um, so I think most of the coaches I worked with would have recognised that, and I was easy to get on with, so.
0: Surely be- growing up as a boy, like... You know, did you ever think that one day, you know, especially in Scotland, mm. Celtic Rangers, two gigantic clubs there, pulling on that Rangers shirt and captaining them as well—that must have been such a proud moment for you and your
2: family. It was. It was really proud. It was um, strange circumstances because I wasn't even playing regular at that time, and it was like it was kind of strange the whole thing when I was captain in Rangers, but. To get to be captain of Rangers, even for one game, was great. I captain of five, five or six times, so. But yeah, no, you've certainly never, never thought that growing up. So yeah, and no, I was obviously very, very humbled and proud to do that.
1: What? What? I don't know how much you can say, Gavin. To be fair, but what exactly? How did it go down? Because obviously Walter Smith came in, and mm. that's when you you were no longer captain. It was back to Barry Ferguson, who was previously the captain. Um, sure. Kind of what happens with the previous manager, and, and how did you feel having kind of I'm the captain, and then all of a sudden new manager, I'm no longer the captain. How does that feel?
2: Yeah, no, listen, it was listen. I knew the story. You know, I'm not, I'm not silly. It was, a, it was definitely a ploy to upset the former captain and a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. and. You know, as I say, I got on with most most of my coaches and my respected how much I worked hard and I was a professional and he made me captain. But like I say, I wasn't first pick. I wasn't even close to first pick every week. So it was a very strange, strange time. And I know you asked about, you know, were you proud being captain? It's probably one of the most nervous I've been, you know, because I wasn't playing. So I wasn't playing. I was out of the team. You made me captain then. I was in the team. So I was in the team plus captain. So it was just like so strange, and then the manager left about, like, five days later, and the biggest problem I've got with that is that he never spoke to me when he was leaving, so it was like, he made me a scapegoat, made me captain, and then he just left, yeah. and I was just thinking, yeah, well, that was uh, that was great, and so you put massive pressure on me for, just yeah. to make a point, and then you've just gone, and I was just like, that's, that's a bit slack, so, um, yeah, mm-hmm. after that, it was a bit bit annoyed. But, and then Walter came in and made Barry captain again. And quite rightly, because he was the captain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with, with football,
1: obviously, I, th- I think what a lot of people want to know is we, we touch on transfers when you move to Rangers, but how does it kind of go down when you are linked with other clubs? Do you have players that are already playing for those clubs that you know? Are you influenced by moving... Um, because of someone that you used to play with plays for them do they tap you up how does that kind of work
2: I'm I'm sure that definitely definitely happens it never happened I never happened with me I mean I knew loads of boys at Rangers I'd played with boys at Rangers who were in Scotland squads with me um, but never really asked them I was always I would always sort of you know lean on my own sort of feelings rather than anyone else but that definitely happens I mean there's no getting away from that I mean Berkey for instance Chris Burke, coming to Cardiff, um, mm. you know, I knew Berkey really well, I was good mates with Berkey, still am, and Dave Jones had asked me about him, I says, I think he, I think Dave Jones had said to me that Rangers were looking to maybe let him go, or they were open to letting him go, and I says to Dave, I said to the manager, get him, just get him, he's quality, like, he's he's one of my mates, but I wouldn't say if he was rubbish, he's a very, very good player. Um, and that, you know, there is, that can help, of course. So I'm reaffirming, uh, that Dave's obviously looking at him. He yeah. asked me what I think, and then I, and I sort of reaffirm it. So then, he, then it becomes a thing. So there's definitely things like that go on. Um, for myself, though, I've never, never really had to lean on anyone. There was boys, at, again, at Cardiff that I knew. So, you know, you always know someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure you, if you wanted inside info on something, you could get it quite easily. Yeah.
0: You mentioned Chris Berkeley, That's a great segue into why why I want to ask you. I'm a massive Cardiff fan, Gavin. Um, You know, let's look at your time at Cardiff City. You played in that Cardiff City team that had the likes of Bothroyd, Bellamy, Kumas, McPhail, Burke, as you said, Whittingham and uh, Chopra. That season, obviously, you you played for them for several seasons, four seasons, um, but that one season where we finished fourth, and you remember that collapse against Middlesbrough at home, obviously, How disappointing was it to have a team that talented fall at the final hurdle?
2: Yeah, it was obviously massively disappointing. I mean, the four seasons I had at Cardiff was amazing times. You know, the first year we got to the FA Cup final and then we, I think we missed out on the playoffs by a goal, which was terrible the second season, uh, goal difference. And then we got to the final and then we got to the semi. Um, So in terms of relative success but never really achieved what we could have and that's frustrating. Um But like you say, there were some fantastic players in that squad and, um yeah, thoroughly enjoyed my time in Cardiff and, and it was a great club and great city.
0: And you mentioned on Twitter that Ninian Park was one of your fondest memories at that point of your career. What was so good about that stadium for you to say that?
2: Just, like, it was just proper old school, just like a proper <laughs> old school stadium. Like, you yeah. know... Crowd really close, um, all packed in, close together. Um, the pitch was great. Pitch, you know, I just I just loved everything about it. It just had a real authentic feel. But with some of the newer stadiums, you don't, you can't. It's very hard to replicate that, and it's hard to get it back. Um, and you you see that with all the newer newer stadiums, and it's not not just Cardiff City Stadium. You know, um, all, most stadiums like that. Um, I came from. Obviously, an unbelievable stadium in Ibrox, which was old school but massive. Um, whereas we went to ninny and it was old school but tight and really like atmosphere it was amazing. So I yeah. loved it. I loved it. You know, and then you do transition to the new stadium and great facility, stunning. Um, but you don't get. I feel we don't get the atmosphere in the new stadiums, and that's nothing against the Cardiff City Stadium. That's just all stadiums, I think. But. Ninian Park was, like, proper old-school, like, raucous. You know, people on top of you going to take a throw just right on top of you, and nothing better. When were, we were playing well and winning at it. Ninian, it was, it was amazing. I loved it.
0: And Alex touched upon playing in the old firm earlier. What would you kind of compare and contrast the South Wales Derby to
2: that? Um, ah, listen, South Wales Derby was, was certainly... <laughs> uh there's a lot of certainly a lot of hatred there as well for sure. I mean there's there's no doubt in that and there's really competitiveness and dislike between the fans and, and the clubs and you know all that. And it's it's definitely there. I just think the old firm is for me is one of the biggest derbies in the world, if not the biggest. Um it's just got so much history behind it and whether it's good history or not, it's it's history that's there and it's it's stuff that's been around for, for hundreds of years and it's It's uh, it's like no other. Um, The build up (laughs) normally goes for about two three weeks, in the the newspapers up in Scotland. So it's it's next level. I feel, Um, but obviously Cardiff and this one is not far behind at all.
0: So a lot of Cardiff fans on uh, have been on social media recently, um, mainly because it was uh, you know very. I think there was like uh, an anniversary of Joe Ledley's uh, goal against Barnsley. And a lot of Cardiff fans are on social media saying it was criminal that Dave Jones' team never got to the Premier League. How do you think Dave would have done as a Premier League manager?
2: Um, I think he would have done okay, to be honest. Uh, he obviously had a lot of experience. You know, Dave Jones, his best his best attribute, I think, was putting together a squad of players and keeping that camaraderie really well. But also, the like the... Dealing with agents and making moves, like getting squads together, he was really good at. I felt and with a really good squad of good, good players, um, yeah. I mean that the semi final was. I seen it on Twitter as well. The memories of Joe and you just think, wow, it's such a long time ago already. It's uh, it's crazy, but um, yeah, no, Dave. Dave was good at getting squads together for sure, and like you like you mentioned, some of the players that we played with at Cardiff was was outstanding, but. Just unfortunately, we just never got to that next level. And one of the
0: players you played with was obviously Peter Whitton. a special player to myself, and I'm sure to you, Gavin. Yeah. Um, you had the honour of playing yeah. alongside you know, himself. What was he like as a person around the club? And just how talented was he?
2: Oh, his, his talent was a joke. Like, seriously, he's, he was just... Natural ability. Like, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, he... I think he. I think Witz was on loan just before I signed, him and we signed the same season. Or he signed him in January just before me. So we're both relatively new to the club, and you know I've on great with him as soon as I as soon as I met him. I think everyone did. You know he's a very likable. He was a very likable character. Really laid back, like proper laid back. Um, nothing phased him, and you know a, a wonderful footballer. And just that left foot was just outrageous. And the the biggest problem for me, with Wits was when he decided he wanted to be a centre midfielder because then I was thinking, right, that's me really struggling now. Because, you know, <laughs> the, 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 we would obviously we had Aaron Ramsey there, we had McPhail, we had Wits, we had Joe ended up coming in the middle. And I was thinking, right, OK, this is, this is going to be tough. It's <laughs> tougher because he had so much ability. He could run games. He was, you know, when we used to play all the young uh, games on the, on the training park on a Friday it would be Wits and Rambo in the same team and you're just like yeah wow and they used to kill us like most of the times they would to kill the old boys Um, Um,
0: the signature thing with Whittenham is that he never celebrated his goals like what was why was that like because we loved it as Cardiff fans you know saying he does what he wants Peter Wittenham but I don't think another I've ever seen another player not celebrate a goal like Peter Whittenham did
2: yeah, but it, it, that's just... It's, it's like his nature. It's like his character. He was not interested in the adulation. You know, that wasn't what he was doing it for. It was just... He was just doing it. You know, he was just doing it. And don't get me wrong, he loved football and he enjoyed it. But I don't think he liked that other side of it where it was like where he was just the focus. He loved playing football and he was a fantastic football player and he would always produce the goods. But I don't think he was that bothered about the other stuff. It just wasn't him. It's just not his character. Um, but yeah, he was, as I say, like his main... He just saw so me back. He was just
0: chilled out. And you played alongside him at that 2008 FA Cup final against Portsmouth. What was it like playing an FA Cup final at Wembley? How did you get over those nerves, you know, that sense of pride? It must have just been must been bursting with it.
2: Yeah, it was, you know, sort of touched on. I never really used to get nervous for games at all. I always used to just try and, like, in my mind, just think, oh, I just like playing playing a game with my mates down the park sort of thing and just trying keep it low key and most yeah at the end of the day you are just playing a game so just try and cheat it like that. So but that that game was one game, you know, going out for the warm up and just seeing and knowing the magnitude of the game and playing the FA Cup final was one game when I felt, well, you know, this is like like it's a big deal, you know, it's it's a massive, massive occasion and I'm being lucky enough to get selected to play in it. So it was uh, it was an amazing occasion that you know I look back on my career that I'm delighted to have played still frustrated with the result and you know it could have went either way we, we didn't, it wasn't a particularly great game from either team um but you know the run we had to get there and, and being part of it was something I'll always you know I'll always remember very fondly. Um, And when you look back at that Portsmouth team, some team, when you look back at their team, it was unbelievable. (laughs) So it's, uh, you know, we we gave a good account, but just they weren't good enough on the day. and It could have went either way, to be honest. So
1: back to kind of now and the future over in Australia, what are your plans? Do Do you kind of see yourself working out there and trying to develop soccer over there and trying to kind of grow the game? Or do you see yourself
2: ever coming back to the UK? um you know you never never say never um you know I've done so since I've arrived I've done three years as an assistant coach and three years as a head coach um so I've had great experience you know I'm dealing with budgets you know signing players and putting squads together picking teams you know tactics keeping players happy so you get it's like even though it's semi pro I'm getting a really good uh, learning and good grounding and if I do become a coach full-time which I would absolutely love but like I say, it's very limited opportunities here in Australia. So for that to happen, I would probably have to move back to the UK. Yeah, um, yeah. And like I say, never seen never. If something came of that, then yeah, obviously I would look at it. But you know, at the moment we're we're happy in Australia. I've got a, a role that I enjoy. Plus, I've got the football, which you know I, I could never give away. You know, I'll always do that at some to some extent. Um, but yeah, whether it's full, if it was. Did, if somebody gave me an opportunity to get full time back into football, then of course I would jump at it for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, just to kind of finish off, um, we've got a couple of questions. there, quick fire questions. So I'm not going to give you very long to answer them. We want okay. your kind of most honest responses from. You. Very
0: excited for this. I got to be honest.
1: Um, <laughs> they're not too risky, but uh, <laughs> we, we want your, your most honest answers. Um, okay. Right. Start off nice and easy. I won't get like I said. Won't give you too long to. We'll try and get it out as quick as possible. Question number one. What's a realistic dream job
2: for you? Full time coach. Full time coach. Championship. Championship. Premiership. Who would you have loved
1: to play for but never got the chance?
2: Uh, Real (laughs) Madrid.
1: (laughs) Really. Best player you've ever played with.
2: Claudio Canidia. Worst player you've ever played with? Oof. There was a few. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's a bit harsh. There was a guy at, <laughs> a team that we signed called Frank Van Eyck. He wasn't particularly good. He was a Dutch boy, but he didn't last long.
1: Uh, biggest dick in football? Biggest what, sir? Biggest dick in football. Biggest dick in football?
2: Joey Butter. <laughs> uh,
1: who's the best player uh, to ever play the game? Maradona. Favourite TV show right now?
2: Um, Ozarks. Favourite Favorite actor? Favourite actor. Um, De Niro. Most
1: expensive object you've ever bought? Can't say house.
2: Can you say car? Yeah. Car. What car? <laughs> um, before my, before our twins were born, I bought a... Um, a second hand Aston Martin. Lovely. Nice, nice. I love that. I love that. Biggest fear. Oof. Diane.
1: <laughs> favorite sport <laughs> or crushing your Aston Martin. Uh, favorite sport outside of football?
2: Uh, golf probably.
1: Favorite singer or band growing up?
2: Oasis or chili peppers. Great. Hardest
1: choices. hardest thing about being a professional footballer. Injuries, Ghosts, real or not? No. Aliens? <laughs> nah, no. Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best manager out there right now? Pep. Um, your favourite TV football pundit? Sooners. And just to finish off, biggest passion outside of football? Um... Family, family, of course. Brilliant. Good answer. Perfect. Thanks,
2: Gavin. Awesome.
0: Yeah, Gav, thanks so much for coming on, mate. That's 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 everything. You're free to (laughs) go. Nice one, Gavin. Appreciate it, mate. Sunday, Monday, Gavin Ray. Tuesday, Wednesday, Gavin Ray. Thursday, Friday, Gavin Ray. Ha, Ha ha ha. What a fantastic champ. What a fantastic
1: guest. Okay, let's get on with the rest of the show.
0: Oh, what a nice guy, Gavin
1: Ray. Enjoyed that, Alex. yeah, same, honey. How do you I think
0: have... your um, How did you think your quickfire questions went, with Gareth?
1: Right. So I'm really looking forward to our next guests and using those. And I want to build. I said to you, I want to build a catalogue of like of answers. So at the end of maybe at the end of the season or the series, we'll be able to look at all of them and say, right, okay, what percentage of footballers believe in the Loch Ness monster? And I think that's something that the people want. Well, so like actually. We
0: could we could create that as a as like an infograph. Yeah. And it's be like this is the percentage of current Premier League footballers who believe the Loch Neck monster is real, and then it'll just be all red and then no.
1: Yeah. Uh I okay. Think of current Premier League footballers that would believe in a Loch Neck monster.
0: Current Premier League players that would believe in a Fred. Loch Neck monster. Yeah, Fred.
1: Sorry, yeah. Baker. Can you just the lock? Say it again. The Loch Ness monster. No, yeah, yeah, what? that bit. I, yeah, I thought... it's pronounced Loch. Yeah, no, but... no, that's not the issue anyone's got here. That's not what? the issue. It's the next word.
0: Loch Ness monster.
1: No, it okay. just sound like you said the Loch Neck monster.
0: No, nope, never said that. It's just I a monster with a Never lo- said that. If I said that, it's because I've eaten a lot of chili con carne. There might be a little bit left in my throat, so it's. The the air isn't passing that's through my throat properly. Image for all of us. Yeah. So nice. you have some tweets of the week. I understand, Alexander.
1: Yes. Um, right. Okay. I'll kick it off with and these these tweets. I always encourage everyone if you are listening to this, go onto Twitter and find these tweets because some of them have images um, that are quite interesting. This one was from Adam. Uh, I'll say hurry because it's H U R why at football clichés its lockdown status bought an italian 90 referee shirt off ebay and it looks fresh um so go to at f- football clichés uh, to have a quick look at it it's the original um referee shirt from italian 90 it looks really i saw good. that i saw that have you seen it
0: Come yeah because i saw that you liked the tweet and it came up on my timeline and i thought for a brief moment i thought oh that's awesome and then i thought why would you buy a referee shirt why would you why would you ever have that you're not going to frame it because no one cares enough, and if you wore that, people would think that you were an absolute sprout oh. so good wow. brand would, would you Thanks. buy a reference yeah. I've, i' I've I've, i' wouldn't buy it i've seen it looks it. cool though it does look cool it's very bristol it's very bristol fashion yeah it's kind of anything though now with the old adidas. Feathered logo on it, be is really cool. cool because it's different. Yeah. So, don't go and look at that on Twitter,
1: okay? Uh, and then the, this one is um kind of connected to last week where we were slating Matt Hancock for him, him. yeah, for, for him basically coming out and saying that footballers should do more when they kind of already had. It was him saying warmly welcome this big-hearted decision from so many Premier League footballers to create hashtag players together to support NHS charities. You are playing your part. Uh, Jonathan Liu quote-tweeted it, saying, oh, my God, he actually thinks he did this, didn't he? Like a boy on a beach pushing and pulling at the sea.
0: Yeah, I saw that. It's yeah. like that. That is infuriating. He, is, he lives in his own little... Political bubble in his head yeah. that he gen and it's infuriating. I didn't actually think of that as a perspective until I saw that tweet that you mentioned, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm even more angry now." is what I was. He thinks he sorted it, this
1: out. Yeah, when I read that, when I saw because I saw Matt Hancock's tweet about it, and I I saw that, and I was like, "Does he think that he's the one who started the ball rolling?" Because Jordan Henderson, I'm pretty sure was was planning this before he'd even come out and said anything.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and, and a, a million players had already donated to charity, so on and so forth. So fuck you, Matt, Matt
0: Hancock. Did you? Uh, I'm just gonna ask quickly. Uh, do you have Snodgrass's tweet as one of your tweets of the week? I don't, because Snodgrass, like, put it perfectly. Of all the players, I, I see think that would come yeah. out. So Snodgrass actually said, "Thanks, at Matt Hancock. Uh, it's great to have your backing. In the future, do your homework on what we do." and who we are as people before coming for us. Over £1 billion in tax and national insurance payments doesn't even earn respect anymore. It's not about us. It's about the real heroes, the uh, the NHS. And that is a mic drop if I've ever seen one. Uh, But the thing is, Matt Hancock would read that and probably just think, oh, fuck off, like another footballer, like, you know, earning a massive living, doesn't deserve any respect because he's a footballer it's like if you're a footballer you don't get any respect at, at all and I just love that they were doing this all in the background the whole time
1: yeah yeah well like I said it wound me up but that's what I thought straight away I did see Snodgrass's tweet and pretty much summed it up perfectly uh, the next tweet was from TalkSport Premier League players have reportedly been told to be ready to return to training next month wow right okay <clears throat> from TalkSport that's Talksport tweets in that. What
0: do we think? Um, you know, it's nice. It's nice to even have a little glimmer of hope, Ambitious? even if it. Yeah, even if it. Well, all I know is that I know it's not the Premier League, but um, in the Championship, Cardiff City have just started relaying their pitch. They've completely tore it out to relay it, and that at minimum is an eight-week process. So that's two months. So right, okay. you know they must have been told that there's at least two months before they even consider starting it. Yeah. But again, any positive form of news right now about the Premier League starting up again, I welcome it because we're so starved of football. I will take anything. What about you, Brian? Do you think it'll happen? If, if, Cardiff's, <laughs> if Cardiff's pitch isn't ready, they can always stadium share with Swansea. That,
1: that'll be Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That'll happen. That'll happen. That's realistic.
1: Something by in the news recently, so by the way when we're talking about Premier League football is, is that Premier League football will be the one that's being aired and televised rather than Championship and the lower leagues. So mm. we're expecting that Premier League football is going to be the first to return maybe a month ahead. So that eight-week delay that you're seeing for the Cardiff pitch is probably because they're not anticipating being ready yeah. when the Premier League's ready. It's
0: probably, it's probably- irrelevant. Sorry, Brian, go on. I was, I was just gonna say it's horrible. It's horrible how up in the air it is. That's the that's the most frustrating thing for everyone that adores football is that you you just have no you have absolutely no idea when you might be watching your team again, and it's, yeah, it's horrible. The longer it, the longer it goes on. I mean, I I know that me and Alex have spoken about it off air and stuff, but we've been watching old like European Cup tournaments, uh, Euro tournaments, sorry, World Cup goals, full highlights of that and stuff, just to yeah. get a, a a fix of football. Um, and and that's what we're resorting to. And it's only been three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And I like, I I agree it is probably irrelevant what I say about the championship because there is a lot of talk about the Premier League becoming a World Cup format played behind closed doors. The you know, the obvious money maker is the Premier League. It is it does take precedence. So, you know, less let's hope it is a month
1: and I'd but, welcome that because I think that'd be really good fun something to look forward to as well which everyone kind of needs at the moment
0: in a way I would welcome it not just because of the circumstances but just to see something with a pre- that completely different like just to see how
1: that would pan out I think Do be you think, it though, top- that this the, that could be because obviously they've been they've been talking for years about kind of combining leagues and uh, playing them abroad playing games abroad for worldwide audiences do you think that that could be a dangerous kind of uh stepping stone towards that idea because we've kind of gotten away from that the the kind of champions league of champions league where you play all these different teams play them abroad we've got away from that and if this comes in and it's successful in terms of financially it's successful then people will start looking at that as a quite a lucrative idea especially the premier league um who really are dictated by money
0: I agree with everything you just said.
1: Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At football underscore tweet. Uh, I hope everyone's seen this, but it's really disturbing. Neymar's 52-year-old mum is now dating a 22-year-old lad after (laughs) splitting from her husband. That means Neymar's stepdad is six years younger than him.
0: What are you on about? You've got to look it up.
1: I saw it. it. He's a good-looking guy. I mean, he's twenty-two. He's twenty-two. I saw a TikTok of him making. That's where I realized his age, because obviously you see a picture of someone, he could be twenty-six, he could be twenty-eight, you don't know. But you didn't even need to say his age. You
0: you could have just said, "Name who's fifty five years old, is dating someone who makes TikToks."
1: And you would have been able to guess his age. Although twenty-two. Oh, he's twelve. He. The kind of tweet that I, I, I really like this week and is kind of heartwarming for everyone in football, uh, Sky Sports Premier League tweeted, former Chelsea player manager Gianluca Vialli has been given the all clear following a 17-month battle, battle with pancreatic cancer. Yeah, nice.
0: that's great news. Yeah. Any good news right now is welcome on the podcast. So that Tweet of the Week, mate? Tweet of the Week. Brilliant, enjoy that. Uh, up next, we've got the big busty... Uh, Baker's brilliant busty football brilliant quiz. That's okay. that one's up next. Awesome. Catchy title. Thank you. Baker's big busty brilliant busty big quiz football brilliant quiz. Welcome. Welcome to the big Baker's Busty, big brilliant Busty, brilliant Busty football quiz. I'm joined here with Alex, uh, participants Alex Price and Brandon Warren to test their wits. Uh, these are very hard football questions. Which out of you two, because you both obviously think you're unbelievable experts with football. You always tweet in how much you know about everyone else in terms of football. So this is. Your chance to prove that.
1: Perfect, can't wait. I,
0: re- I regret agreeing to this. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's ten questions. So for anyone listening, feel free to play along and obviously let us know how many you get out of ten. So the first question in the big Baker's Busty Bangers Busty Football Banger Quiz is. name. I don't to want change it. Change that, Who is the only player to have won silverware at both Manchester United? And Liverpool. So that is who is the only player to have won silverware at both Manchester United and Liverpool? I okay. think you just got check- it. Yeah, just changed my answer, no problem. Okay, right. Number two, who is the only player to have scored in a Champions League final, FA Cup final, UEFA Cup final, and League Cup final? How are you getting on, boys? Struggling? All right? All good? Yeah, all good. you so far. Mate. You got, you got two out two. Brilliant. Well done. Uh, next question number three. Who? I just, I can just see Alex's face. Looking like you look annoyed at me. Number three. Who is the only player to have scored a hat trick in all four tiers of professional football in the, in England, FA Cup, League Cup, and at international level? I've got two answers for this. I'll te- I'll take... Do what do What is it? Do we only get a clue or we can call clues whenever? What them? is it?
1: Oh, do is we get break? like a kind of phone of friends, ask the audience, type 50-50 or not?
0: I can give you a clue if you're really desperate. Give me one for this one. give you a clue. He's played for West Brom, okay, Nottingham Forest. Got it.
1: Got it.
0: And, okay.
1: I got that first time. That's annoying. Well, do. sh- well don't ask for clues then. Well, it was, was me. A of-
0: Well if you wrote something down, if you wrote something down, don't ask for a clue, Alex. I didn't ha- Don't do just you stop think asking I for clues. For the
1: clue?
0: Yeah, stop at- right. Moving on, you don't ask for clues from this point onwards if you don't need them, Alex. It was me.
1: <laughs> Number
0: four, who's the only player to won the domestic title title and cup? All you wafer and FIFA-recognized international club competitions, e.g. European Cup, UEFA Cup, Cub Winners' Cup, UEFA Super Cup, Continental Cup World Cup, plus the World Cup with their country.
1: I mean, I got there in the end, but I don't think you asked it right.
0: I mean, I couldn't ask it more right. How else? Do you want want me to do an Irish accent when I ask it? Or (laughs) Okay, so number five. Who is the only only player to have scored in the Glasgow, Merseyside and Manchester derbies I noticed and the clue is, it was, he scored for Rangers, Everton and Man United, you got it I do think you do, number 6 who's the only player to have won the Champions League, Premier League UEFA Cup and FA Cup and be relegated from the Premier League, Al's have you got that no. Talk me through what you're thinking at the moment.
1: I'm still thinking about number five. <laughs> the the problem, <laughs> the problem I've got is the UEFA Cup. Like, okay, I can, like I can think of Champions League winners easily. I can think of Premier League winners, teams that have been relegated. But like, I I can't. My UEFA Cup knowledge is awful. Number
0: seven. Okay, so number seven. I feel cruel for moving on because mm-hmm. you're like, I feel like you're on the
1: cusp. I've I feel like I've got it, and then it just... Oh, no, I haven't got it.
0: Okay, number seven. (coughs) Who is the only player to score in six different senior club competitions, three domestic competitions, European competition, UEFA Super Club, and FIFA World Cup in one season? When you say... Can I just clarify? When you say Super Cup, that... Sorry, UEFA Cup. Mm -hmm. Are we talking pre-Europa League? No, not pre-Europa League, no. How are you doing with that one? he has got to be. There's only one person that can be. Yeah, you think so, wouldn't you? Okay. Well, I'm going to change that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just scribble out Messi? No. <laughs> right. Number eight. Who is the only player to win back-to-back trebles, domestic ti- uh, e.g. domestic title, domestic cup, and Champions League in European club of football? So who's the only player to win back-to-back travels so the Domestic Title, Domestic Cup, and Champions League in European club football? Only player? hmm back
1: Back-to-back. Back-to-back, hold on.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
1: that doesn't have to be the same club, though. Well, yeah. it can't be the same club, otherwise there'll be loads of players. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. If you go, like, the La Decima team, they were all there. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I've got it. Yeah.
0: Number nine. Number nine. Who is the only manager to have managed teams in all three UEFA club competition finals, the Champions League, UEFA Cup, and Cup Winners Cup, without winning any of them? Oh, God. That's tough. I had a name immediately and then you too.
1: It's,
0: How good is this quiz? It's
1: crazy. I was thinking of Jurgen Klopp until that last well, I was thinking. Of, I was thinking of Mourinho. Mm-hmm. Well, without just because... winning them. No,
0: wait, wait. No, I wasn't thinking of Mourinho at all was i thinking of why are you lying no genuinely and he was manager of them wasn't like on the staffing team he was for reals he's the manager write your name down Seven. if you're confused put paul jewel down he has got a sense okay so final question i don't like My that 10th question. you don't like that i don't like <laughs> it. Is this is why i wanted to play this quiz it's excruciating and you're always going on about how you know football more than everyone else on Twitter. Never said Every, that. You said it today. It's your pinned tweet on your Twitter profile. The answers. <laughs> Number 10. Which goalkeeper has the record of 138 clean sheets for the same Premier League team? Ah, fuck me. million keepers. Nope, one. One
1: keeper. <laughs> it's too obvious. I've got... <laughs> It's too obvious, and I know it's not this.
0: Right. Are we ready for the answers?
1: No. No, 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 no. no.
0: The answer? no, no. 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 No, shut up. It's my quiz. It's Baker's Big Busty Banger's quiz, mate. Not Alex's amazing... Aubergine, amazing Aubergine. Al- alpaca football quiz. Is it? No. Okay. Be truthful with yourselves now. Yeah. Okay. I trust you. So, question number one was who's the only players who have won silverware, both Manchester United and Liverpool? The answer was Michael Owen. Correct. Alex, incorrect.
1: Put Paul and- Linson,
0: I? I put Paul Ins and crossed it out and put Michael Owen. <laughs> how much is that annoyed
1: you Alex you did get to, to be fair there's not many players that have played for both clubs and I was just thinking Paul Ince was the first one that came to my, my head question number two
0: who is the only player to have scored in a Champions League final FA Cup final FA Cup final and League Cup final Alex Gerard. what did you put I put Gerrard both correct the answer is Stephen Gerrard question number three who's the only player to have scored a hat-trick on all four tiers of professional football in England the FA Cup, League Cup, and international level. Brandon? I think we
1: both got this right, didn't we? see, I do See, this is where I was t- between two. I ended up going for Robert Earnshaw. I went with Earnshaw as well.
0: That is correct. You Probably were thinking another.
1: of Ricky Lambert, weren't you? Yeah.
0: Uh, question number four. Who is the only player to have won the domestic title and cup or UEFA and FIFA-recognized international club competitions plus the World Cup with their country? Alex? Iniesta? You were very confident you got this as well. You said, I've got this. I went, uh, The answer is Gaetano Syria, Italian uh, defender who played uh, you for Juventus between 1975 and 1985, plus the World Cup with Italy in 1982. So, Gaetano Syria. okay? So, Just number made five, a player up. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Yes, yeah, a football manager, region number five. Who is the only player to have scored in the Glasgow, Merseyside and Manchester derbies? Sorry, Alex, this is the one that you said you definitely had, not the one before.
1: So I'm going to start with you. Is it Konchalskis,
0: Brian, what did you say? I didn't have an answer, but it is Andre Konchalskis for Rangers, Everton and Man United. So that is a wrong answer for Brandon Warren. Number six, who is the only player to have won the Champions League, Premier League, UEFA Cup and AFA Cup and also be relegated from the Premier League. Brandon, what did you put? Edgar Davids. Edgar Davids? Yeah. Who did he get relegated with? Palace? He no. A no. I <laughs> it's a guess, I guess. Alex?
1: Uh, I'm going to change my answer. Can I tell you, you, you why? I... You're not allowed Okay, to. well, I'll just give my first answer. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm pretty sure... Uh, I'll go for it. Is it Mark Schwarzer?
0: Wow, it's not. It is Nuwangu oh, Kanu. Uh, oh. Won the Champions League with Ajax, Premier League, and FA Cup with Arsenal, UEFA Cup with Inter, FA Cup and relegation with Porto. Oh. Number seven. Who is the only player to score in six different senior club competitions in one season? Brandon? Oh, it was Samueletto. Alex? Oh. I went with Luis Suarez. Why did you say that as if you already know is incorrect?
1: I don't know. I Were didn't think of
0: Okay, well, weirdly, Brandon did give the correct answer earlier in a different Mas- question. Oh. Pedro. It's Pedro for Barcelona Pedro. in 2009 2010.
1: I hate this. Yeah. I, do. I really do hate it. this. Always yeah. the quiet ones in here.
0: Number eight. <laughs> Who is the only player to win back to back trebles in European club football? Alex?
1: I went with Tony Cruz.
0: Okay. Okay. I thought
1: Bayern, Bayern, Munich, yeah. Real Madrid.
0: Yeah, you thought wrong. Brandon? No, I know. I'm going to go with Alan Hansen. Wow, very out there, I guess. In, in answer is within this quiz earlier, Samuel Eto with Barcelona, oh, 2009. Oh. <laughs> How frustrated are you right now? It's what, is, what, what this is like, it's like I've had the cheat sheet but can't remember what answers go with what question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, man. Uh, I hope you know how much I'm enjoying it. Number nine, who is the only manager to have managed teams in all three UEFA Club competition finals without winning any of them? Brandon, what have you put for that one? Uh, I didn't have an answer. And so by the theory of the rest of the quiz, I'm going to go with Alan Hansen. Alex Uh, Simeone Well weirdly Brandon got it right with a random guess It is Alan Hansen uh, Champions League UEFA Cup final with Arsenal 2006 and 2000 uh, Cup winners cup with Monaco in 1992 Arsene Wenger man Arsene Wenger Wenger is the correct answer Yeah
1: That was was the easiest question That That was was the the easiest question
0: You didn't didn't get that one
1: (laughs) By the way, I'm not doing well. Number ten. Uh,
0: so, which goalkeeper has the record of 138 clean sheets for the same Premier League team? Alex, you th- say you you, you said <laughs> <laughs> you like a beaten up child. Like you just, I've got nervous to answer the question. 138, 138
1: um, clean sheets with one club. I think there's only two that would have got even close to that. The others have jumped around between clubs. I know David James. Jumped around between clubs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with... I'm, I've got it wrong. I'll go with Peter Cech.
0: Oh, God. Brand! I've also... I don't know if you'll be able to see it on camera. At the bottom, I've also gone with Peter Cech. Okay. Well, you are both correct. It is Peter Cech with 138 clean sheets. So, tally them up. Alex, how many did you get? I got
1: four. That's shocking.
0: 4 out of 10 for football expert. How many, Alex, how
1: many did you get right?
0: I got 10. Okay. And what did you get? From? I got 4. I missed Konchelskis. Actually, I got 7. They were just in the wrong order. <laughs> so you've both you've both got 4 out of 10.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, do, do you know how infuriating that is? Cuz you got yeah. three. Prim- okay. So we're going to have to have a tie break here. Who's only player to win the Champions League with three different clubs I'll go with Samuel Eto'o again incorrect I'll. I'll
1: go with I'll go with uh, a player that yeah. I think has won all Champions Leagues with three different clubs Yeah, and that player I think would probably be hey answer it Latan uh, Ibrahimovic. no that. it's Clarence
0: Seedorf oh, uh,
1: mate that's what, what I was took- going to say
0: no, it wasn't. You took too long. Yeah. Um, a- but should I just pick a winner? <laughs> <laughs> best face <laughs> going. Who is my own? The Champions League's top scorer of all time.
1: Ronaldo. Alex. Correct.
0: There you go. Alex That's- wins.
1: <laughs> he didn't have time to answer. Y- yes. Yeah.
0: Whoever shouts out first—that's the point. I actually- Thank you, Brandon, for coming along and playing, mate. We really appreciate it. No worries. See you, guys. Have fun. Stay safe. Thanks, Tr- two lies in the truth, mate. Another episode, another two lies in the truth. The thirty-fifth official two lies in the truth. I hope it's a good one. See, I had it down as thirty-fourth. I no, I don't, I don't even know, mate. I, don't I actually know. don't,
1: know. I actually I don't know. know. We've been doing it too long. It's my turn to frustrate you because that sent me that quiz sent me loopy. Uh, two lies in the truth. This is where I give you three football stories. Two of them are tr- uh, lies one of them is true okay they're weird and wonderful yep they're quite short and sweet this week, so be quite a quick file uh one just with this I mean I'll give you the answers at the end of the show, but I want you just to kind of give me give me as I'm going an idea of whether you think it's right whether you think it's crazy first story Real Madrid center forward Mariano Diaz once had a staring contest with a pig in the sea. <laughs> Story number two. Leicester midfielder Wilfred Ndidi ate two bats in Wuhan four years ago.
0: Oh my God, what is going on right now? Story number on? three.
1: Neil Lennon fell into two separate crocodile enclosures in the space of a year.
0: What is happening right now? Are you just taking the piss? Is the is One of the, these the, is true. No, they're
1: not. One of these is... A-
0: true story you normally come up with titles this i know this, it's yeah, quick but, fire.
1: yeah i know but the fact that these are quick fire adds it's, it's better amazing. it's it makes i'm stressed out <laughs> real madrid center forward mariano diaz once had a staring contest with a pig in the sea okay what do you think of that
0: <laughs> what i mean he, uh, uh, the more i think about it the more the more i actually visualize him staring at a pig in the sea, I believe it's true. Like there was someone walking a little piglet or something on the sea, on the seafront somewhere. Uh, why would he have a staring car?
1: I don't know. What, I don't Story know. number two Leicester midfielder Wilfred and Didi ate two bats in Wuhan four years ago.
0: How do you keep track of that? How do you keep track of it? In his bat journal. Right, sorry, I forgot that he writes a bat journal. Yeah, I'm story going number with, three was very topical
1: was... with that. But mm. story number yeah. three: L- Neil Lennon fell into two separate crocodile enclosures in the space of a year.
0: How do you get yourself into a position to do that twice? Like after you fall into a crocodile enclosure once in your life, you don't go back to a place where there's another crocodile enclosure unless. Neil Lennon enjoys, like he chases fear. He's one of those adrenaline junkies, and he, yeah. he he's like, ooh, he he accidentally fell in. He just wants to, he wants to be like raped by a crocodile or something. It's like his fantasy. I yeah. don't know that now. Yeah, yeah, good. No, I believe that. I believe it. Good thinking, Baker.
1: So you're gonna go with the Neil Lennon story as a true yeah, story.
0: I actually am gonna go
1: with because it's quick fire. Fuck it, we'll do it now. The true story. Do you want to know the true story?
0: You're going to say it's at the end it's of the, the show. the end
1: of the show.
0: Perfect. Which is next. Now. now? <laughs> <Should> we do- <laughs> Welcome to the end of the show. of The episode. The quick fire episode. Where we don't give a fuck I guess. Uh, social distancing is. Turning us into two insane people. Mate. Um, do we actually have anything to wrap up now. Other than yeah. the fact that we want to thank. Gavin Ray, obviously, for coming on. Such a great guest. Really nice guy. Um, you know, other than that, we've got... You were going to say something?
1: I was going to say something about uh, the Gavin Ray interview, only because I was just wanted to, like you said, echo what you said. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. It's obviously difficult times. He's quite a busy man. Um, he's starting up uh, a company in Australia himself. And I think what's interesting... Was what I wanted to say was how footballers move. Because we've we've had ex-players on our show now, but we've had footballers, how they move on to their next step. So a lot of people choose media, sort of ex-footballers to choose media, whereas Gavin Ray's gone very different direction, something that he's never done before. And the crossover is quite interesting. Mm. And I think what's what was different from John Parkin, for example, or Greg Halford is he's quite fixed, fixated on he knew what he wanted to do at the end yeah. of his career. So he knew that he wanted to move to Australia. He knew that he wanted to start a life there and how that manifests is quite interesting. But no, it was really good having him on. Really interesting. Um, Two Lies and a Truth, also interesting. You ready yes. for the answer?
0: They were, do you know what? I'll be honest, I'm a bit disappointed. I'll be I'll be real because I think that had potential to be the best Two Lies and the Truth yet. And in terms of titles, mate, they write
1: themselves. Well, I thought because normally I put the titles there, and you're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know." And you, well, Neil you think it... lay Neil
0: lean on crocodile railings.
1: There we go. You've got to come up with your own titles. So, Real Madrid centre forward Mariano Diaz once had a strong uh, a st- a staring contest with a pig in the sea. As strong,
0: Mariano. Diaz stay at pigs. Mariano Diaz, Mariano Diaz
1: not have swine flu.
0: <laughs> it's a pig disease. Next one.
1: Uh, then you had Wilfred and Didi ate two bats in Wuhan four years ago.
0: Wilfred indeed eat a bat. Didi.
1: Yeah, to be fair, there are some titles here. But
0: that is right on the spot. You could have... Yeah.
1: Neil Lennon falling into two different crocodile enclosures. Yeah. Normally, the titles don't... Like, I have to sit there and I have to stare at the words for, like, half an hour and then something comes to me. Yeah.
0: To be fair, the content, though, the stories are brilliant. I I
1: actually cannot wait to know which one is true. Okay. You went with Neil Lennon? Yes. The true story... Has a picture with it.
0: What do you mean it has a picture? picture I have a it.
1: picture of the proof of this story.
0: That you're gonna show to me.
1: Yeah. Oh. Which one are you more excited about now? You get to see a picture of it.
0: I would love to see a picture of Wilfred and Didi eating a bat.
1: Well it's not that one. It's Real Madrid centre forward, Mariano Diaz once had a staring contest with oh, a pig oh. in the sea, and I've got a picture.
0: Why did he get himself in that situation?
1: Uh, I don't know, but it's it looks really nice. <laughs> it like, looks it's, nice. Like the sea is amazing. Like I think he's in you know where you know those islands, tropical islands, where you go swimming with the sea with the with the, <laughs> with the pigs. <laughs> you go swimming Do with you the want, pigs. Hang on. Do
0: I know those tropical islands where you go with swimming the pigs with pigs
1: in the pigs? sea? Yeah, I know like the Philippines or something. Well, oh, you said look that it as
0: if it, as if it, it was up. like Mallorca or something like that. Is a you go into a Thomas Cook and be like, I, I, I just really want to swim with pigs.
1: <laughs> People do it for the gram all the time. That is ridiculous. I've and never Mariano seen Diaz did it, and we'll post a picture, that very picture, up on our on our Twitter um, once this is released, once this episode is released. Amazing. Okay, fair play. You got me, mate.
0: Um, that is the end of. Uh, you're really gutted about that quiz, aren't you? Really,
1: four out of ten. Four out of ten is embarrassing.
0: Yeah, but yeah. it was a good quiz, and we'd love to know how, how many you guys got out of ten. writing into us on Twitter at Goalpost Army, and it's the same on Instagram and Bebo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, until then, uh you stay classy, guys. You got to you got to stop doing that. I just want a good sign-off thing, like. Uh, until then you go the jumpers yeah yeah you if if you don't go post you'll never jumper until then topple is the real winner
2: They think it's all over it gets